Thank you so much for joining in to today's podcast from Caleb Perkins Ministry. We pray that today's podcast will be uplifting and encouraging in your walk with the Lord. Now here's today's podcast. What's going on, everybody? So happy to be back in the studio today. Have with me Sir Trenton of Gill. It is I. Last time it was the Carson, the heavyweight champ. Dun, dun, But dun. I am the lightweight champ? The lightweight? The light, I, light, uh, lighter weight? It sounded yeah, better in sure. my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna go featherweight, but I, I'll give you, I'll give you lightweight. <laughs> He's like, come on, come on. Da, 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 da. You, you like come out and you got like a belt and it doesn't even fit you. <laughs> it's like, oh man, that's hilarious. That actually reminds me of one time when I was in wrestling a long time ago. I was a little teeny tiny, and there was you were nobody. Teeny tiny? I don't believe. Yeah, you. I, nobody does. Like they look <laughs> yeah. at me and they're like, "That yeah. there, you, there's no way you were tiny." They're like, "This dude's <laughs> the Hulk, <laughs> the stacked Mac." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was nobody in my uh, weight mm-hmm. when I wrestled a certain school. Oh, okay. So, so I came you're out. undefeated because nobody was. was there. <laughs> I came up to the mat and there yeah. was nobody in my weight, and yeah. they raised up my hand. And you're like, "You win!" It's like <laughs> I fought air. <laughs> I was like, "This is dumb." <laughs> like. You're like, okay. They're like, good job, Trenton. Way to be there. <laughs> You're like, be there and be skinny, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. You at take least, what you can at get. least you trained hard for that moment to walk up to the mat for him to raise your I hand. I did. Yeah. I even practiced my growl. Yeah, you're like, ah. <laughs> Just show him your war face. You're like, ah. Yep. And then I pooped my pants. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really aggressive. They're like, this guy, he's a, he's next level wrestler. Well, you know, not everybody can be lightweight champion. I'm t- that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I could have never been there, ever. Not Not even when I was younger. <laughs> I was I was kind of chunky, so yeah. Anyway, so today we're talking about um, the battle of the mind and kind of like your own thoughts. And this is uh, this is kind of a common theme that I've seen uh, throughout Christian circles, right? Like every intrusive thought, people say, "Oh, this is Satan that's doing this." Well, one, Satan is not omnipresent. I think that's an important thing for us to note, because if we put Satan on the same category as God, and we say he's omnipresent and he's everywhere, not saying that there's not demons out there, not saying that it's not a demonic influence or a demon oppression or suppression or whatever, or the enemy is trying to, you know, put these intrusive thoughts into your head. However, I'm saying the probability of that is very low. Right, because there is a there is a certain amount of demons, and uh, uh, Satan is only an individual. Right. Okay. So he's not omnipresent. But anyway, so if you think oh, Lucifer's giving me these thoughts, it's like chances are not him. Like, yeah, I don't know why you should think so highly of yourself. Yeah, that Satan himself <laughs> like, is going to Satan follow himself. you around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it is interesting though because in Scripture it does say that Satan himself entered the heart of Judas. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. That makes sense to me, right? Uh, makes sense. Satan himself went into the heart of Judas to be like, uh, okay, I see that one. Why? Yeah. He's the betrayer of Jesus. Yeah. Okay, that's got to happen. Jesus was a pretty big deal. Yeah, so <laughs> I could see that. I could see that happening, <laughs> you know? But, you know, in a lot of, uh, we'll say, not even charismatic circles. I've seen it in just Protestant circles in general. Um, they'll say, oh, well, you know, the sa- Satan's got this thought on it, giving me this thought or whatever. And I'm like, well, chances are it's not him, but it could be influenced by, say, some type of principality or darkness or 
whatever suggestive manner. But we give we give Satan way too much credit for stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've really seen do. even somebody blame them for the parking spot being taken. Yeah, the devil's just <laughs> taking my parking spot. It's like, uh, okay. cal- calm down, calm down. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, how dare he? He took my parking spot. <laughs> No. My debit card did not run in the store, and I am so upset. Satan is trying to eat my lunch. It's like, bro, calm, okay, calm down. Or, you right? know, it could yeah. be that choices maybe have consequences. Yeah, and and life's not always going to be rainbows and daisies. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, know. Yeah. it is possible. Like, you got nudged yeah. in, in a direction from a dark demonic force, you know? Right, yeah. But how many people keep going in that direction mm-hmm. willingly? Afterwards, that is the battle, right? Uh-oh. Because we have a three pound brain that is flesh, and so we have the flesh, we have the spirit. The one you feed more, that's the one that's going to keep winning. So, if you feed the spirit more, then you are going to be more victorious in the in the realm of the spirit, overcoming the flesh. If you feed the flesh more, you're going to minimize the spirit that's dwelling inside of you. And now, and I know people who might be listening to this and you say, well, the Spirit of God is stronger than any... Yes, but He will not override your own free will and choices. So you can deliberately disobey God. You can deliberately fall into sin. You can de- deliberately turn from the Lord. Like, you, you can do that on your own. Like, yeah. out of your own thing. Why? Because God loves you so much, He gave you the ability to do that. That yeah. That, to me, is like... And that, what else can you do yeah. deliberately? You can <laughs> turn around, turn around every now and then. I'll put some twang in it. Turn around. Oh, you want that steel guitar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, you can. And so, it, when you're going in that direction, right? So you could have a. We'll say there is a demonic influence, not. You know, Lucifer, Satan himself, Beelzebub, whatever you want to, you know, call his his name or whatever. But um, you could say, okay, there is a demonic influence that is there. What do you do? What is your response or your action to the demonic influence? That is what we are discussing and talking about today. We want to talk about the battle. The battleground is your mind, and the enemy tries to come after your mind. Why? He can't take your soul. Because that is, if you are a born-again believer in the body of Christ, that is Christ, right? It's God's. And as that is God's, Satan can't take that. He can't alter it or whatever. So what does he do? He tries to attack the mind. And that's why um, identity is critical. Because he keeps coming to reason with people to reason them out of their relationship with Christ. Just yeah. like he did in the garden. Hey, did God really say that? Da, 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 da. What? Okay. Fast forward to Jesus. There's Satan talking to them. What? Hey, oh, if you are the Son of God, da 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 da. Right? And we see this con- the same kind of continuance over and over and over where um, the enemy will try to come and bring an intrusive thought like that. Well, what do you do with the thought? Right? Yeah. Well, scripture tells you to cast them out. Yeah. <laughs> cast them out. Cast them out. Get, get out of there. And to focus, mm-hmm. reshift your focus, you know? Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the times we just fall into it, and uh, it's like that, well, okay, it's like that game you played as a kid, shoots and ladders. If you're not yeah. climbing up, you're most likely sliding down. Yep. Yeah, you're just one or the other. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's like, I'm advancing, and I'm down. <laughs> Starting from the beginning. Awesome. 
dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I, got, I got a whammy. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. No whammies. No whammies. <laughs> yeah, you place your focus on that bad, and you start sliding down. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I think that the, what is really reassuring is that you have the the Holy Spirit there the whole time that you can, because I've heard people say, oh, well, people have, uh, you know, backslidden or whatever, they've turned from God, and it's like literally all there is is for you to make that decision in through repentance, and and people think, oh, I've got to do all these steps, I've got to do all these things to get right back to where I was, and it's like, no, you just got to turn to Him. Like, yeah. you turn to Him, He takes you there, and He's like, awesome, let's move forward, right? And it's not like you surprise God by any means of the stretch on what you're going to do because he knows everything, and uh, and he sees that. And so even with the progress going backwards, you it will spring you forward, if that makes sense. You know, because I, I think that that is something that's been taught in a lot of religious circles is that, oh, well, you did this. Well, you've got to earn your way back. You got to beat yourself and get a cat of nine tails, and you got to carry a cross for five miles, and you know uh, stigmata and all this and that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Probably that's, not. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, that's that's not in scripture. I mean, you know, they're not sitting there hurting themselves deliberately for that, right? They they can end up hurt by doing things that God has called them to. I.e., Paul gets bit by a viper, right? Yep, and. Um, they tried to kill John so many times. It's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, he he's just trying to catch all the different ways of trying to get killed. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that that sound like it hurt, <laughs> right? Being shipwrecked, being bit by a viper, being you know attempted to be boiled alive, like that. I mean, that's that just the story good. of all the apostles, really, yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Difficulty and hardships, right? I just think of what Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5. Like, you just got to break down these strongholds. You got to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. It, it really is a decision of your your focus and your perspective. It, it's real easy to have a pity party. Um, unfortunately, nobody wants to be invited to that, and you'll probably not have many to come. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll not show up to the pity party. Unless... You know, they're also miserable because misery loves company. True. But then that's not the people you want to grow with. That is absolutely correct, yeah. So I want to read this verse out of Romans uh, chapter 12. This is a familiar passage, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, And verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, well, conforming to this world, that means don't dress like the world, don't speak like the world, don't do these things. However, you are called to be an ambassador of Christ to go into the world, right? And you're not called to go in there looking like an alien. You're called to <laughs> go in there like a spec ops operator with the best camouflages. They think you're like them. They think you're one of them. And then they then encounter the Spirit of God that dwells in you, and it changes the situation. How do you get there? Well, it's through the renewing of your mind, right? Mm. So then you don't think like the world thinks, right? The world thinks... Hey, 
I got to do this. I got to get a good job. I got to go pay taxes. I got to die. Like that's, that's your goal. Right. And it's like, no, that's not God's goal for you. Right. God's goal for you is he wants to grow with you. He wants to, um, see you walk into the, the good works that he has for you. What does that look like? It could look like anything on any day. Right. It could look like the coworker you worked with for 10, 15 years, one day you're sitting there and you're able to minister to them and help them through a difficult situation, maybe a divorce, maybe they're getting ready to get fired, maybe um, they just lost a parent or a sibling or a, ch- or a child, and you're able to be there to help them and to comfort them. In that moment, you are being an ambassador of Christ. And I think too many people make it more than what it is. And so they're like, it's got to be this glamorous thing. I've got to, it's got to be like Billy Graham and I need a football stadium of people so that I can <laughs> shout out the gospel. And it's like, uh, chances are it's not going to look like that, right? It's going to look like you in the yeah. trenches one-on-one and being able to reflect that. How do you get there? Renewing your mind. You have to change your mind. You got to change your perspective. You got to change the way you think. And that's where the battlefield is. Yeah. You know, so if you if you are complying with the enemy, say those intrusive thoughts come, you don't take them captive, you don't cast them away, you but you dwell on them. Well, when you dwell on it, then you start to act on it. What you behold, you become. Mm. So when you continue to behold something, you start to become that thing. Yeah. So if you you know, we'll say perversion for instance. If you behold perversion, you become a pervert, right? Through that continual thing. That's how you develop really anything, right? The more that you do something, the more that you excel in it, the more that you become an expert in it. Absolutely. Uh, so you got to change the way that you the way that you think about it, the yeah. way that you perceive it. And I know there's so many people that are like, hey, just read the Bible. Hey, just pray. Just do this. Yeah, but there's something on you that you need to ask from the Holy Spirit to change the way that you think about stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. People say, are you brainwashed? You need your brainwashed. Absolutely. <laughs> your <Yes>. brain stinks. <laughs> and sometimes you need to change your stinking thinking. Yeah, change that stinking <clears throat> thinking. Yeah. Well, it's true, though, because thoughts determine your actions. Actions yep. determine your direction. And then your direction will determine your destination. Yeah, and that that's not New Agey stuff, dude. No. That That is 100% <laughs> biblical kingdom. Like, you can read all the Proverbs, and it says what? God's ways are higher than your ways. So what does that mean? You already got to change the way that you think about stuff to understand what God's even doing. Mm-hmm. And here it says we're supposed to renew our mind. What? How are we renewing our mind? That means our mind's not right. <laughs> it's, it's not good. <laughs> we got to change it. <laughs> A lot of people don't realize the, the, the most dangerous and greatest battlefield you'll ever be on is the inches between your ears. It's your mind. And uh, if you're unable to succeed in that battlefield between your ears in your mind it, you're gonna have a really hard time on the on the real battlefield out there in the spiritual war and i'll tell you there's there are you know certain demons or whatever they're out on the prowl they're looking i remember when i was in football i was looking for the uh kid who was who was shaking who was trembling who who looked scared because i knew that would be my target we we can't isolate ourselves, and we've got to be able to renew our mind. So how do we renew our mind, Caleb? Well, I'm I am of the the school of thought that in renewing your mind, one it it needs to be a supernatural transformation. Right? You can't discipline yourself into changing your mind. 
you can't consciously make an effort to try and to step in those things. What you can consciously make an effort into is actually uh, seeking the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit to change the way that you think about X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. And so when you see something, you identify something in your life, and you're saying, okay, um, I need to change the way that I think about this situation, it's not going to be, oh, okay, I just recognized it, I'm just going to do that. Well, no, it's not that simple. <laughs> Why? Because you've been thinking that way your entire life. So you're, you've already built up those neural pathways. So you need something that is actually supernatural that takes place to change and transform your mind. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have to call out on the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to change the way that you think about it, right? I've often told ministers they need to repent and change the way that they think about ministry. And they're like, what? Why? Because they've done it a certain way their entire life, yeah. and so they miss the majority of what God's trying to do that's outside of their own paradigm. Yeah, it's good. That's and, true. And so then when they sit there and they say, Holy Spirit, change the way that I think about ministry. Let me see ministry at the gas station. Let me see ministry at the Walmart. Let me see ministry at my work site. Let mm-hmm. me see ministry out in the in the community. Why? Ministry is not what is just behind the pulpit. That is where you should be receiving equipping as a Christian in the body of Christ. Awesome. God calls you there. Go go get encouraged and built up and get equipped. Right, yes. but you need to change the way that you think about something. Oftentimes, as ministers, we do that. We say, oh, "Okay, well, I've got it figured out. Ministry only looks like this, this, and this, and it's not this and this and this." No, 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 no. Go back. You got to change the way that you think about it because if Man. you don't see it, you won't value it, right? And you have to place the per- the same amount of value and honor onto those small things that may seem insignificant because it might be a little thing. To you, but it might it may be a huge thing in the kingdom. Yes, and those are the hard ones to recognize, the ones that you don't actually see that you're in because you actually think you're in a good spot. Uh, I guess renewing your mind in the bad sense should be easier, uh, but it's not for a lot of people. They get stuck in their feels, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that should that should give us a a sign if you're in a place. And you know you're in a bad spot. You don't like the way you feel. You don't like the way you're thinking. That's a pretty good sign that you need to start praying to the Lord. I, a prayer, prayer should never be our last resort. It should always be our our first line of defense. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the thing we take a conscious effort in, right? Yeah. Like we get the opportunity now. And I know you know people listening to this. You may sit there and say. Okay, well, how do I do that? Do I have to go and find a building? Do I have to go find a priest? Do I have to go find a holy man that can put water on me or anoint me to do this? Do I need an impartation? What you need to do is you need to get into a quiet place and and have that one-on-one time with God. Yes. And I think that when you're able to do get into that place where it's just you and the Lord, like you're going to see so much gains in your your spiritual life and your spiritual growth that you can be led by the Holy Spirit without external influences. Because if an external influence got you there, you'll need it to keep you there, (laughs) right? But if you got there because you had a a divine encounter with God, it will keep you there. It will sustain you. It will empower you, right? Because, you know, human beings will fail you. Like, they're they're fallible. That's going to happen. You know who won't fail you? God. God (laughs) will not fail you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's the word. The Holy Spirit will not fail you. 
the Holy Spirit will empower you to fulfill what you were called to do as the Holy Spirit is leading you. Yeah. Right? Doesn't mean you're not going to fail in things, because when you do things on your own, out of your own mind, yeah, you're probably going to fail at that. Why? You weren't called to that. Right? So, in changing your paradigm, and changing your perspective, and changing the way that you think about things... You really need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, and allow that transformation to take place. And you know who I think did that really well was David, King David. Yeah. Uh, his Psalms are a lot of the times are him in the battlefield of the mind, and he's giving it to the Lord and receiving back from the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And he's overcoming that battle in the mind while mm. writing that Psalm. Right. I mean, yeah. What other and, better way to do it? Well, and and you know, and it, and it wasn't always perfect for David's life. Like, you know, I'm saying this to you, and you're like, yeah, I know, man. Like, you could read his whole life story, and you sit there and you say, okay, one, when Samuel comes, he's out in the field. His, his father and them didn't bring him in. So you kind of get that insight that he's not <laughs> that, you know, high-ranking in, inside of the family. So what is that relationship between him and his brothers? Obviously, there was probably conflict. Yeah, when he went and you know took out the giant, we even see some dialogue before he goes to take out the giant with his mm-hmm. brothers. They're like, "What are you doing? Why I know you, you why you're yeah, here. Why you're here? <laughs> yeah, you know." And so you see him always having that confrontation through relationship. Then fast forward into Bathsheba, there's that relationship. He had so many relationship conflicts and issues yet he would continue to turn back to the Lord in the middle of the situation. Now, it did not mean that every time he went and turned to the Lord that the Lord saved him from a situation. When um, when the child was getting ready to die, he's fasting and praying. He's on his face, right? And then they told him, hey, the child's dead, and he get he's getting up, and they're like, what? He's like, well, I did all I could do. You know, it's yeah. time to move on. Okay. And he understood that and recognized that, and he's like, all right, yeah, I'm going to pray into the end, and if it doesn't happen, then I'm not going to blame God for that, because honestly, he knew he messed up in that. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, that was that was rough, man, but he tried to do the right thing. He tried to continue on. When he did the census, right, then all this plague comes through, crushes everybody. He's like, all right, I need to build an altar. <laughs> I need to do this. I need to ask for forgiveness and repentance and turn back to the Lord. Man, there is so much we can learn from the life of David. Absolutely. You know? And and you know, majority of Protestant Christians are like, I I reject the old testament. It is no longer valid. I'm like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> you can't learn nothing from David? Okay, okay. all right, I got you. <laughs> well, for oh. those people, we can go to the New Testament. Yes. I mean what you said in the uh car ride, Caleb, was pretty profound in itself was those disciples, when they had that perspective of getting persecuted and then yeah. them saying I rejoice in this? Yeah. They're like, I'm going to count it all joy. This is what? awesome. <laughs> it's like, what did they experience? What did what type of an encounter did they get? And we know that. We know in Scripture, they saw the resurrected Christ, and it motivated them so much that they were willing to die for it. Yeah. And, you know, and if we get those experiences and those encounters, that's where the authentic transformation comes. It comes by way of an encounter, right? And so... You know, you might be listening to this and say, okay, I'm waiting for the clouds to part and for, you know, a fat baby angel to hit me with an arrow or something like that, and my mind will be transformed. And I'm like, no, it is a it is a process, yet it is you're desiring to grow deeper in your relationship with God. It doesn't mean, okay, I've got to do 
50 hours of prayer a day and all this and that, it means that you are you are focusing your attention, you're meditating on the Lord, and you're saying, Lord, you know what? I want to be transformed. I want to be changed. I want the Holy Spirit to come in and change the way that I think about things. Yeah. Change my perspective. Change my paradigm. You o- know? Open up my spiritual eyes. Yeah. Even, to- even in the middle of suffering. Yes. Right? Even in the middle of difficulties. Honestly, you need that more than when you're having a great time. When you're having a great time, it's easy to sit there and say, well, thank you, Lord, this is awesome, right? Yeah. But when when you're not having such a great time, you're in the middle of persecution, trials, tribulations, you know, someone stole your parking spot, you know, it's like, okay, well, you got that attack. The the battle is in the mind. What are you going to do? How are you going to react? Are you going to let the enemy rob your peace and take your peace, you know? And it's like, well... Is that Satan? Well, I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it's really Satan. I think it's going to be your mind more than anything. You're going to be your own worst enemy in that. So what are you going to do? Are you going to ask the Holy Spirit to transform and change the way that you think? Mm. Or are you going to agree with the enemy and step into that false identity? Yes. Uh, I just got like a, I don't know, a little imagery in my mind of like, Somebody coming into a room, looking at a mirror, and him scaring himself because mm. it was dark. And, you know, instead of staying in that moment, he turns on the light. Yeah. And he realizes the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, who is the light? I mean, we need to invite the light yeah. in yeah. when you come into those dark moments. Absolutely. We have to have that light radiating. Like, there is such a, a, uh, a need for believers to rely on the Lord, like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, all three of them, right? Um, here in Luke uh, chapter 22, I want to read this in verse 31, which uh, I think me and you did a, a podcast a, a few episodes <laughs> ago on this, and this is where the Lord says, he says, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthening your brethren. And to me, I'm sitting there saying, okay, Jesus himself, resurrected Jesus, is talking to Peter, saying, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. And he's not sitting there, which we know Jesus is is stronger than Satan. He's not saying, oh, so I told Satan to back off of you because you're a made man, right? You're a part of the family, you know? He's like, I told him not to do that. No, no, no. What did he say? He said that your faith would be made strong. I'm praying for you that you would be strengthened so that you would be able to withstand this and hold <laughs> hold to the faith to do what? To, when you get through it, that you're made stronger and that you strengthen others. Right. Like, what? You need this. You need you need to have the the adversity and the conflict to promote growth. Yeah, I think a lot of Christians nowadays would... What if they heard that would be like, wait, you're gonna let me be sifted? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Don't let the enemy sift me. No, no, no. The enemy wants to sift you, <laughs> but he's praying that you'll be strengthened through it to make it through to the end, right? So there, it, it, the only way that the enemy is able to sift Peter is if Peter agrees with the sifting. Man, how many Man. of us agree with the sifting? Oh, you know boy. what I mean? <laughs> so the enemy comes. Are we going to agree with it? He's trying to sift you. Okay, sift me, homie. Like, what? <laughs> Are you crazy? Don't agree with him. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a robber. Like, why would you Why would you agree with him? Like, he's already defeated. Why would you agree with a defeated foe? You know? 
And, and we, we got, the, and that's what's so fascinating to me, Trenton, is that we know in the word how it ends. We know how it ends. Yeah. And we know what the tactics of the enemy are. He's not changed. He's still the same dude. No. You know? He, he, he's trying to blindside you and put you in a place where he says, this is your life now. It's always going to be this way. Yep. You're never going to get anything better. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. God doesn't <laughs> love you. He don't hear you. He doesn't see you. God's got better things that he's doing right now. It's like, and he always tries to minimize the power of God. The enemy always tries to minimize the power of God. Yeah. Because God is so powerful that he can take care of all of the people in the world at the exact same time because he's outside of time. He is eternal. He is timeless. And so never late, always on time, and can take care of everything. Yeah. And and when the enemy always tries to come in and to say, well, God doesn't care about you. Really? Why? Because God lacks the capacity <laughs> to be able to care. We know that's not according to Scripture, right? Yeah. <laughs> we know that God does care. Why? Because he so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yeah. Why? Not to condemn the world, but through Christ that the world might be saved. Like, are, really? Yeah, so what does that tell me about God? Well, it tells me God cares. Uh, you know what just came to my mind? The movie Batman uh, with Christian Bale, when he got thrown into the dark pit. Yeah. And he had to crawl his way out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, in my mind, where what a lot of Christians do. They get, you know, chucked into the pit, and then they're like, well, I'm here now. I guess I'm staying. Yeah, I guess I got to... But just adapt to the cave. I guess I'll just poop in here and swim in my feces. Yeah. How about crawl out? Yeah. How about that? (laughs) Or, hey, going back to David, he got put in a cave. He could have started, you know, cave kingdom ministries if he wanted to, right? He did. But yeah. (laughs) So he's like, are you going to stay there? Are you just going to camp out there and just stay there? Is that all you're going to do? Right. Right. Or are you going to go be a king of all of Israel? Like, are you going to step into your calling that God has for you? Yeah, man. Well, there's persecution. There always is going to be. Yeah. There's always going to be difficulties. What did David say? Yeah. He even walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. But guess who was there with him, leading him out? Was it Batman? <laughs> uh, nope. It wasn't <laughs> Believe Batman. Believe it or not, it wasn't even Bane. <laughs> what? Nope. It wasn't Catwoman either. Because he dwells in the darkness. Da da da. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Life is up and down. Life mm-hmm. is valleys and peaks. Yeah. And to want to dwell and give up on everything just because you happen to be in the darkness right now, it's foolishness. Yeah. There was a, an image that somebody had spread around online. It had some guy on, well, actually, there was two. It was on a, a train. And on one side of the train, this dude was like in the shadow and he was staring at the mountain, and there was nothing to look at, and he was depressed. And on the other side of the train, it was facing the open field, and he was actually in the sunlight, and he was happy looking out at the view. All the guy had to do on the other side was stop looking that way and move to the other side. Doing about (laughs) face. Yeah. Turn around. Look. Turn around. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Right? No, and, and and he had the ability to do that the whole time. Yes, you know, and it, and I think that that is that is so fascinating to me 
because the majority of what we live in and what we remain in is largely due to our mind and our habits and our thoughts that we allow and that we uh, that we accept as truth, right? So the enemy say there is an intrusive thought. Say some or another human being brought a thought to you. Said, "Hey, you're garbage at this." So you took that personally, and now it's inside of you, and now you agree with it, and now you have now succumbed to that thought that is false, and now you believe it. So oh, you know, or you know, like women, right? When they say, "Oh, someone called me ugly." I feel like I'm ugly. I'm not good enough. I'm this, that, and the other. And it's like, you've just now allowed that intrusive thought, right, that came by way of a human being, which could have been influenced by a demonic presence or, you know, whatever. Who it, 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 That's really irrelevant. What hmm. does matter is what happens to you, right? So you get the temptation that is brought in, and you get the accusation. Do you comply with it? Do you comply with that accusation? Do you agree with it? Do you allow the sifting? Wow. And that that is really what it is. And when when we take it down to that base level, it's like, what do you agree with? What do you agree with? Right? And what I want to agree with, and I and you know, and I'm not just saying this, you know, preaching to people that are listening to the podcast. I'm preaching to myself. Because there's things that the enemy's tried to put on me that I'm like, oh, hold up. You know, <laughs> or even reli- other religious leaders. Hey, this, that, and the other. Whoa, whoa, hold up. Hold up. That's not what the Word says. That's not how the Lord told me to act. That's not how the Lord told me to respond. That's not what I heard through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do that. I'm going to agree with that. Why? I'm going to agree with my Lord and Savior. I'm going to agree with that. Yeah. And I'm not going to agree with the world, even if it's in uh, organized religion, even if it's in uh, the secular uh, business area, whatever, e- even if it's from demonic principalities, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Why? You need to agree with the Word of God. When you are a believer in Christ, you need to change your worldview. You need to change your paradigms. You need to change your perspectives. How do you do that? Back to the Holy Spirit, transformation. And that's where it starts. And also, I think it's from others who have been set free from it. Because their testimony yeah. is actually the prophecy that if it happened in their life, it'll happen in yours, right? I tell that to people all the time. Hey, you, you're dealing with this? Go talk to them. They got set free from that. Why? Because they've been set free from it. It's the evidence that God has done it in their life. He'll do it in your life. Yeah. Right? Because he's no respecter of persons. So it, incre- it encourages and increases their faith as they hear that. I'm not saying they got to lay hands on them and impart it. You need an impartation. Be like, well, it may lead to that. I don't know, right? But at at a minimum, you need to hear. You need to hear. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Hearing their testimony is the proclamation of what the Lord has done in their life, and it is reinforced by the Word of God. Why? God's still alive. He's still active, and He's still doing things today. I will tell you, when I was an atheist and a suicidal one at that, uh, I had listened that I am worthless and all those other things. But when Jesus saved me from myself, one of the things I was praying for as becoming a Christian was, Lord, open my eyes. Help me to see what you see. Help me to, you know, to, to hate the, the sin and lies that you hate, but to love the people you loved. Uh, like, let me shift my perspective to what you're seeing. Yeah. And he, he did. He opened up my eyes and showed me a, 
not to be Aladdin, but a whole new world. <laughs> a whole new world. <laughs> he said, do you trust me? And I do said, you yes. trust me? <laughs> yes, I trust you, Lord. It's <laughs> like, awesome. Let's go. But that's really what you need. I mean, think about it. even that example you gave with the, the lady. I'm ugly because mm-hmm. one person told me. One human being? Yeah. One, one human. There's eight billion human beings, yeah. and you let one just drag you down in the mud. Right. And now think of it like the other way. Even if a demon is telling you this, mm-hmm. that's even worse. Why would you listen? Why would you listen to a <laughs> demon? Yeah. <laughs> like, that don't, that don't make any sense. So who's, whose word matters? And what are we going to believe and hold to? Mm-hmm. And how's yeah. it going to transform our mind? Yeah. And the more that we walk into the truth, we are able to reinforce the truth in our lives. And we're able to reinforce and encourage others. That's why like, I love there in Luke 22 where Jesus tells Peter, he says, hey, like you're going to go and strengthen your brethren. You're going to go strengthen the brothers, yeah. right? You're going to strengthen the body of Christ. Why? Because... Through your moment of sifting, it will be the testimony of you making it through, being encouraged and strengthened to be able to tell them that story. Why? Because they will be prepared for the same sifting. They will say, oh, no, 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 I heard this. And through that, it's given me the the encouragement and the motivation to believe in faith, right? Man. And um, I was talking with uh, Carson which I haven't got him to put on the give his testimony on when he got in the ATV accident, and it looked really bad. He had two punctured lungs and stuff. Not going to do all the spoiler alert. I'll 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 definitely bring him on, and we'll be able to do that. But one of the things he said when he was in the emergency room when he was there, and I went in there to visit him and to pray for him and stuff. He said, "I've heard your testimony. God will do the same in mine." And I'm like, "That's the point. Yeah, that is the point." You know, and I've heard other people who have gone through critical situations where they've been in like a major car wreck or whatever, and they were like, they hit me up later, and they're like, "Yeah, this looks bad, but I I know if God can do that for you, He'll do this for me." And and they're walking through it; they're walking miracles, and it's like, well, why is that? God didn't just do something in my life just so that people could look at it and be like, "Oh, wow, Caleb's awesome! Look at that!" No, it's to strengthen the body of Christ. Yes. It's so that they can say, "No." God is still doing this, the, doing amazing things today, and I just got to change the way that I think about it. Why? Because the enemy's going to everybody, telling them that they're not good enough, that they're not measuring up, that God hates them, that God don't see them, that they're just wandering atoms, you know, out there in nothingness. And it's like that's what that's the foolishness yeah. that that the enemy tries to put on people. And the reality is, is no man, God loves you. He wants to empower you. He's still doing things. We need to grab a hold of that. We need to we need to have that truth speak louder than the lies. Yeah. I mean, man, and that's the whole Bible. If yeah. you think about it, it, just go through it and examine all the bad that ever happened to them and then all the good that ever came from it. Yeah. I mean, I would not have been so encouraged in my life had I not had his word. Yeah. And come on. It makes we I mean, it's it's weird because like you're encouraged by reading all this bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why am I encouraged by reading all this bad stuff? Well, because of all the good that came from it. Yeah. And you're like, wow. So it's a moment. Yeah. That's really what you have to put it in perspective of. It's not forever. It's a moment. Don't ever make permanent decisions on a temporary emotion. Come on. That's good. Yeah. Absolutely. You you got to take that to the Lord. Give it time. You know, and I... and. I know that uh, 
you know, we don't like that because we're a microwave society <laughs> and we want things instant. Like, we're like, bro, how fast can my drive through be? Like, you know, I want to go in there and NASCAR, <laughs> you know? And it's like, dude, in the kingdom, it takes time. Just give it time. You know, wait it out. Seek the Lord. See what, inquire of the Lord. And I think that when when we really get in that place where it's like, yeah, we're really inquiring of the Lord, we're doing that, yeah. Like, and we're asking the Holy Spirit to change the way that we think, you'll see results. You will see that. And it might not be instantaneous results, and you might not feel instantaneously awesome, right? <laughs> I'm sure when uh, Paul was bitten by the viper, he wasn't like, ha-ha, this is great. I'm just loving it, you know? I'm sure he shook it off. He might have... He you know, growled at the ground or something. I definitely killed the snake. Chuck that sucker in the fire. He's like, I got something for you. <laughs> you know, Be like you bite me. Yeah, I don't extra think... crispy. I'm gonna have snake on a stick. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we should be seeking for instantaneous or immediate results. Yeah. Rather than the the powerful and permanent ones. Yeah. And that's hard Absolutely. to do. It's yeah. hard to do, but like. I don't know, even with you said microwave society. I mean, you yeah. come on, you put pizza rolls in a microwave and they're all doughy and ugh, yep. but then you put them in the oven, it takes longer, yeah. but it's what much better. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> or the air fryer. Oh, oh, I love the air fryer. It's awesome. <laughs> Fancy. Right, yeah. I don't have Just one of those. on there and boom. Oh, it's crispy. <laughs> Look at that. That's awesome. It's not doughy and nasty, you know? And <laughs> But no, yeah, it takes time. It takes time to to get that results, and I kind of got that image when you were talking about it. You know, if you're trying to get over a body of water, like we'll say fording a creek or something of that nature, right? You could throw up a temporary board and get across it, but how many times are you wanting to cross that creek? Right. Right. How many times are you wanting it now? And what are you wanting to actually bring with you? So now, if you wanted to bring a vehicle or you wanted to bring a load of something over there, you need a bigger, more sustained bridge, which is going to do what? Require you to put more effort in it, more resources, more materials. It's going to take you time, effort, yeah. energy, you know, sweat, blood, and tears. Yes. Yes, it will. But then when it's finished, it will be able to hold something that will stand time, right? And be more resilient, and others will be encouraged by it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's the same with anything. It is the same with anything. It is, it is, so this is why it's so vital in our own development, in our own Christian development, that we sit there and we say, okay, this is worth it. Why? Because there are generations after you that need this type of encouragement. Just like Jesus told Peter, you're going to encourage the brothers. Why? Because there's a sifting that's coming. You're going to withstand it, and I'm praying that your faith is being made strong. And guess what Jesus is doing for all of us? Make an intercession for us. Yes. So what is he doing? He's still praying the same prayer that he did for Peter for all of us. And that's it. When you said <laughs> strengthen your brothers, you yeah. know the, the, the best way to get out of yourself is to stop thinking of yourself. Yeah. And you start thinking of others and how you can help others, and pretty soon you're so focused on their problems, you forgot about yours. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and you're then, motivated. You're on fire. It's like, huh, that dude's unstoppable. You think just because this dude's unstoppable and he's doing this that he don't have any problems? Oh No, no he's got problems. Yeah. Everybody does. <laughs> but he's, he's handling it at such a supernatural way. That's by way of the Holy Spirit that's empowering him, right? 
Yeah. And that that's the point. That that is the point of the whole gospel. That is the the point of our Christian life, our walk and our development. Go out there, make a difference, be led by the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to change the way that you think. Renew your mind. Do not comply with the enemy. Mm-mm. Do not do it. Do not comply with intrusive thoughts. Do not comply with human beings that are giving you stuff that's contrary to the Word of God. Don't comply with it. Don't agree with it. Don't yeah. make it truth in your life. <laughs> you know, discard that junk, man. And honestly, it, it it will benefit you if you can learn to recognize the difference. Yeah. And if you know the enemy's voice, I'm like, thank you for saying that because now I know it's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you for that is, giving that is it away. one of the things that I pray. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask me about spiritual gifts and things, and I've done a lot of different teachings on spiritual gifts, and they would say, well, which is the one that you tell people that is like, not that it's the best spiritual gift, but the one that I pray for the most is discernment. Mm. I pray for discernment. I was like, absolutely. Why, there is so much things out there to be deceived by that you need to have supernatural discernment yeah that is that is critical it's like yeah it's awesome to prophesy it's awesome to lay hands on the sick it's awesome to see all those other things happen the power miracles happen dynamic ones everybody loves those but the the gift of discernment dude like that that'll take you a long way it'll take you a long long way. way you know and it's all from god and that's why I definitely you know, want to encourage everybody, when the battle happens in your mind, you need to transform the way that you think so that you can be better equipped to handle that fight, to handle that battle. It is but a moment. It is but a moment. What yeah. is a moment in all of eternity? Right? But a vapor, man. Seems like nothing. But it, it, it is critical for us here in this in this time, right now. Why? Because we get to encourage people through those moments of difficulty that we go through. Yes. And then Maximus would say, What you do in life echoes in eternity. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> right. Are you not entertained? Well, we pray that this episode has encouraged you. It has uplifted you. If you get this opportunity... Um, and you've been impacted by this podcast, definitely take time, seek the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to change the way that you think, and if there is anything that you have agreed with from the enemy, from humans, from society, whatever, that's contrary to the Word of God, and that you have applied it to your life and, and agreed with it in truth, just take this time and to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to change the way that you think about it, and ask for forgiveness and walk in the fullness of the truth that God has for you. Because God cares, He is there, and He is listening. We love all of you. Have a phenomenal day. Thank you so much for joining in today's episode. If you would like to learn more about Caleb Perkins Ministries, please go to www.calebperkinsministries.com.